welcome to Walking on the Wild Side, a podcast dedicated to exploring the flora and fauna of the Southeast and instilling in you, our listeners, an appreciation and admiration for the beauty and diversity of our natural resources. As always, I'm with my wife, Gabrielle, who through all of our adventures has become quite the naturalist herself. Hey y'all and welcome back to Walking on the Wild Side. It is hot. Hot, so hot. Goodness gracious, it's hot. We're in a stretch of mid to upper 90s with heat indexes in the triple digits. Yes. So it's uh, it's... It's summer here in the South. Yes, it is. So with uh, a vengeance. And even though we're sitting on the front porch, it's been a a while since we've had some good rain. But uh, it looks like there might be some moisture yep. pushing up from the Gulf. They say so we may get some rain today or tomorrow. The wind's picking up. Yes, it is. We got a nice little breeze tonight. That feels good. Yeah, it's kind of knocking back that humidity a little bit. So you guys are probably going to hear our wind chimes dangling in the background. Yeah. Yeah, and we got a quite a bit of summer stridulation going on in the background too. Yeah, every so. chance you get to use that word, you can throw it in yes, there. Yes, because I love it. Stridulation. Well, I'll tell you, it it has been a hot summer uh, so far, and you know here we are in like the end of July, getting into August, and of course those are the dog days, right? We know that. Yes, they are. And so a lot of critters are uh, are kind of holding up, and you know, kind of not being outside. They're just kind of being a little like us. They're being a little bit sluggish. Yeah, I think everything is right now. Yeah, it is. But one thing that's not, you know, when when you're uh when you're looking for food and you don't have to worry about your food running away from you. Well, there's you know, that. You have that luxury. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about vultures. Vultures. Boy, do they get yeah. a bad rap or what? And they do. I mean, they they're do. they're just I I don't know, for me I I think they're just kind of comical and of course you know, knowing what I know about vultures and stuff and watching them in the wild, they're they're really not as bad as people like to make them out to be. So we're going to shed some light on these uh, amazing animals and the role they play in the environment. But what's the Absolutely. real reason why we're doing this one? Because we would be knee-deep in the hoopla if it weren't for them. Yeah, yeah. And, that <laughs> and we'll talk about that. That ain't something you want to be in either. <laughs> no, it is not. But, uh, but what's the real reason why we're doing this uh, this podcast? We are doing this as a tribute to our good friend Donna. Mike and Donna lived down in the Low Country in Beaufort where we used to live. Yeah, we had dinner with them a couple weeks ago and uh, got a chance to catch up with them and, and I was shocked. She's such a pretty lady to hear her say her favorite birds are vultures <laughs> really set me back a little bit. But uh, but that just lets but you know how smart awesome. she is because so, she awesome. knows about them. Yeah, yeah, she so, does uh, and, and like appreciates a, them. Well, she does and, and said that they were her favorites, which I thought was pretty awesome. And down where Donna and them are, they certainly have a good opportunity to see a bunch of vultures down in the low country, down on the coast. There's a lot of land down there and they see quite a few black and turkey vultures. But, you know, what's kind of interesting is years ago, they used to think that uh, turkey and black vultures actually were related to storks. They were in the raptor family for a while, you know, with hawks and stuff like that. But then they put them in the stork family. And you remember huh. seeing wood storks down yep. there, right? Mm-hmm. They look very similar to wood storks with that naked head. But now they've done that genetic testing and everything. And they actually are going to probably create their own family, cathartidae uh, or something like that. But they're going to put them in their own family. And I think that's smart with those birds because they are unique enough that they don't really resemble anything. They almost kind of look like God had some leftover parts <laughs> and, and made them up. The word vulture actually means terror, not as in scary, but as in tearing a flesh because they got that sharp hooked beak. Interesting. For tearing flesh. Now, the funny thing, too, is the turkey vulture, its scientific name is Cathartes aura. 
And now you know what this bird eats. Yes. So carcasses. Yeah, it's not it, it's not something you would think his scientific name would mean, but it actually means cleansing slash purifying air. Interesting. Yeah. But but now think about it though. They do cleanse and purify the earth because they feed on all the dead stuff and get rid of it. And we'll talk a bit more about that. Yeah. But the black vulture himself is uh, is Corygyps atratus and now that when you break that down and what the scientific name means, that basically means raven vulture clothed in black. Ooh. So that's a little more like it, right? That's a little yeah. more like it with those guys. So well, like I said, when you look at a turkey vulture and a black vulture flying up in the sky, you know, they look very similar, but the black vulture has a short tail, and on his wingtips, it's white. Otherwise, he's pretty much all black, which is yeah. why it's called the black vulture, of course. Makes the sense. turkey vulture has a little bit longer tail, but he's got a lot more white along the, the edge of his wings underneath. So you can see that, and, and they fly in that what's called a shallow dihedral which is where they hold their wings up in kind of almost like a shallow V. Mm-hmm. And bald eagles are the same, pretty much close to the same wingspan, you know, like seven feet. So when you see a dark bird flying up in the sky, you may think, oh, gosh, I might be able to mix that up with a, with a bald eagle. But holding those wings in that shallow dihedral is what really sets them apart. Now, why did the turkey vulture get called a turkey vulture? How did he get his name? The black vulture, we know, it's black and his head's black. Yeah. What color is the turkey vulture's head? I was going to say because he looks a little bit like a turkey. Hey, well, he does. So, <laughs> so you remember those turkeys that were kind of running down the road the other day? Yeah. And the uh, big males out there, and he's got that, that red head with all the wattles and everything. Well, a, a turkey vulture, an adult turkey vulture, has a reddish-pinkish head. And it looks very much like a turkey, which is how he got his name, the turkey vulture. But how do you tell a male and a female apart? That I have no idea. Well, you're you're right on. You can't. <laughs> they look they look the same, same side. There's no sexual dimorphism, right? That's the word that where the male and the female look different, like the yep. cardinal. There's no sexual dimorphism in the vulture themselves. They look exactly alike. Now you're never going to look up in a tree and see a, a, a turkey vulture or black vulture nest. You know why? Why is that? They nest on the ground. They lay their really? eggs on bare ground. They don't even make a nest. They may scrape some dirt together or something like that, but usually it's like the edge of a cliff, a crevice, under a dead tree, stumps. I know black vultures are pretty fond of laying eggs in, in uh, old stumps and stuff, but they also like to use abandoned buildings. And the female eggs, about one to three kind of white eggs. They kind of blotchy on one end, and the eggs hatch in about 30 to 40 days. Now, these birds are pretty good-sized birds. I told you they got about a five- or six-foot wingspan. They weigh about four to six pounds. And, of course... They don't get a lot of exercise. Oh, yeah, because they don't have to chase their food. Right, but so in order for them to find their food, they have to kind of climb way up in the sky and look and, you know, see if they can smell their prey. And we'll talk about their sense of smell here in a little bit. But get this, a turkey vulture, and black vultures too, but mostly turkey vultures, can cover about 200 miles in a day. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And so they are they are experts at catching the thermal. Right, yeah. those columns of rising air, and they'll just kind of go and ride it out to the top, and they'll drift down, find another one, and drift down. They can travel hundreds of miles, and sometimes they don't even have to flap their wings. Wow. So uh, that, that is incredible. Now, I'll ask you this word, because you know this yep, word. Yep. What is it called when you see a whole bunch of turkey vultures rising on thermals? A kettle. It's called a kettle. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now... When all these vultures are around dead dead animals eating, you know what they're called? It's called a wake. 
<laughs> right? And if they're That's just funny. roosting, hanging out together, it's called a committee. So. <laughs> That's kind of interesting, huh? Well, like I said, so what do they feed on? Dead stuff, right? Yes. A lot of people refer to that as carrion. Now, I will say that carrion usually refers to long dead animals, right? Not just freshly dead. And the thing that's crazy is vultures don't like old dead carcasses. They like it to be 12 to 24 hours old. Nice and fresh, still they like twitching. Their, they like their dead meat <laughs> fresh. That's exactly right. So we get back to that black head and that red head of the vulture that has no feathers on it. You know why they don't have feathers on their head? Because the stomach acids of the stuff they eat off of that, that's kill actually, it off? That's a very good guess. But you think about where they stick their head. Yeah. And it gets all over their head. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I mean. The skin and stuff allows it to bake off when they're in the sun. Uh-huh. It allows it to bake off or wash off or anything like that. If they had feathers, you imagine how that stuff would stick to the feathers? Ugh. Yeah. Here's the other cool thing. So they're eating dead, dead decaying flesh. It's got a lot of bacteria and stuff like that on it. Yeah. So... Basically, by having a naked head, they can sit in the sun and it'll bake it off and kill that disease off. Oh, isn't that crazy? Interesting. That's, that's a pretty smart way to do it. Right? Yeah. So yeah, they uh, they're they're amazing in how they can kind of reduce a carcass down, right? Because they feed on them so much. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is, it may seem kind of gross, but you know, turkey vultures and black vultures really play a vital role in our ecosystem, don't they? They do. But I yeah. think I think when most people think about it, they say, well, they eat all the dead stuff, so therefore we don't have a lot of dead stuff. That's true, man. If we didn't have those vultures out there, we'd probably be, be piles and piles of carcasses, yeah. right? But it even goes further than that, and it's something that most people don't think about it, which I think is unique about the vultures. They have strong stomach acids. Yeah. I mean extremely strong stomach acids, okay? And when they eat food and it digests and everything— the fungus, the viruses, the bacteria, disease, and everything like that gets actually killed off in their stomach. When they poop, their poop actually is sterile. It doesn't have any of the diseases and stuff like that. So if you've got a few animals that have died from a disease, by them going in and actually eating all that food and everything like that and then cleansing it. They're controlling disease. They are. They're keeping disease from spreading. Isn't that crazy? That is amazing. And I know that's gross when we talk about them eating dead stuff and all that kind of stuff. But that's what they do. But it is. So, so if, if it wasn't disgusting enough, they have a very unique uh, defense mechanism. <laughs> yeah. What do they do? They vomit. They do. And, and I mean, they can vomit like up to 10 feet away. Projectile vomiting. <laughs> so if it's bad enough, you know, that stuff smells bad enough going down, coming back up, and then also mixed in with those strong stomach acids. Oof. So, little story, I had, had a buddy coming back from college. He had his mom and dad's station wagon. Oh, boy. And he was driving, and there's a whole bunch of vultures in the road. And he had the windows in the back and everything. You remember in the station wagon, the windows, yeah. the back window would roll down? Yeah. And, uh, and he was driving back, and he drove through, and he slowed down enough, but he didn't stop to let him get out of the way. And he pushed on through. One vulture flew into his car and got trapped and vomited everywhere. And then he was able to pull over and get the vulture out. And he had to drive all the way back up to Clemson with the smell of that. Oh, dear God. I think I'd sell that car. Yeah, I think. I don't think his mom and daddy were happy with him. That's for sure. I'll never forget that story when he told me. And I went over to his car and he opened up his door. And it was like for summer break. And I mean, he threw open those doors and it was like, holy cow, man, that was disgusting. Well, so it's, it's interesting with that behavior. Because a lot of times they'll gorge themselves so much on food that they can't digest it quick enough and they can't fly. 
So they'll yeah. just see them kind of hanging around. Well, here's what's interesting. Bald eagles know that. And they'll fly down and frighten them and get them to vomit and then eat the chunks. So that's even worse, right? Oh, gross. You didn't think it could get any worse oh. than that. So, yeah, and that's why we're here. We're here to provide the facts and, uh, and the information for people to, uh, to enjoy. And who doesn't enjoy a good vomit story, right? So anyway. I reckon. Well, since we're talking about smell, let's talk about the turkey vultures and the black vultures. They've got an interesting dynamic the way they work. A turkey vulture has the most kind of uh, developed olfactory system of the birds. They have an incredible... The ones in Africa that we saw, yeah. they didn't find food by, uh, by smell. They found it by sight. Turkey vultures, they can detect the dead food, the dead uh, decaying carcasses, uh, up to about two miles away. Some people even wow. say they can see they can smell them five miles away. I remember in in college, one of the things we did was we took a a pig carcass and tucked it underneath the road in a culvert, just to test that theory. And really, within about probably an hour or so, the turkey vulture had found that carcass just wow. that quick. That's and impressive. They well, they're they're smelling it. It's called Ethelmore Captain. That's the name, smell uh, or the the. The death, the dead smell. That's the decaying flesh oh, smell. Geez. That's what they detect. So here's the interesting thing. Turkey vultures detect it and fly down. Black vultures look and see where turkey vultures are collecting, and then they fly down and chase off the turkey vultures. So oh. they have a much more developed sense of sight than they do smell. But, you know, you'll never, ever hear a turkey vulture scream at you, yell at you or anything, because they <laughs> don't have a syrinx. And a syrinx is the vocal apparatus that birds have. I was going to say, I've never heard them make a call So they or may make anything. a hiss, and that's a grunt and a hiss. That's about it. But they don't make calls. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. So they're voiceless. And Lord knows we've been close to plenty of them. Yeah, well, what, yeah, that, so, yeah, tell me that story again about that one that, uh, that flew down by the pool. Oh, my God. You remember that? That was an omen yeah. in some cultures, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so a couple summers ago, we had... I guess a family of vultures hanging around. There was like three or four that were nesting somewhere in this area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a couple of abandoned buildings and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, who knows? Who so knows? anyway, they they loved, for whatever reason, to hang out on top of the house. Yeah. And we'd be sleeping in on a Saturday morning or something like that, and you would just hear a <laughs> across the top of the house. Yeah, and laying in bed when when those things hit the roof, it wasn't just a little flump to flump. It was it sounded like a body was being done. They are yeah, not the did. most graceful flyers, no. and when they land, they look pretty goofy. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we were um, one afternoon out in the pool, yep. swimming around, having a, a lazy pool day, and there were two or three of them sitting up on top of the house, and all of a sudden. One flew down and landed on the top of the... We have a shower on just yeah. off the pool deck, and it's mounted on like a six-by-six. Six. And he came down and flew and lit on the top of that post and was kind of just looking down, watching us. And we, and we were both just kind of like, <laughs> Yeah, we kind of uh, watched wow. him like, well, that's mighty that's, close. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you that's were cool. all excited, yeah. and I'm like, okay, that's kind of creepy. And then the next thing you know, he hops down onto the pool deck, comes over to the side of the pool, and literally, like, maybe 20 feet from us, yeah. starts drinking out of the pool. <laughs> yeah, dipping down and drinking. And it was the way he just kind of loped and hopped. It was so comical. It made you laugh. But it didn't bother him. No. It didn't bother him. And, and I told you that when we're swimming in the pool like that, we need to move around more often. 
because that's yeah, what happened. He that's thought the, we were dead. Probably. That is the epitome of a lazy pool day right there when a vulture comes starts sniffing you out. Well, it, it is kind of interesting how they uh, how they they fly around and they form those kettles and then they find their food and then the black vultures come. And the ones that came to the pool were black vultures. You know, okay. that we were saying they weren't the yeah. turkey vultures. So. But it's interesting. Now, I know you don't think of them if they're eating carrion. Remember, they like their meat kind of fresh within 12, 24 hours and stuff. So sometimes they do find, like, mortally injured animals. And they can probably kill them that way. But they don't. They, their feet are so weak and everything. They don't kill their own prey. So that that's an interesting thing. Huh. A lot of people think that they, you know, in movies a lot of times they'll show you, but a lot of people think that they'll fly around in a circle and see an injured animal and follow it until it dies, and that's just not the case. I, I mean, that's just that's just not a not a fact at all. They just sit there. They don't circle and wait for the animal to die. You, you remember seeing in movies a lot of times, and it's almost always when they show, like, people crossing the desert, and they yeah. look up and they see the thing, and they, they almost always kettling play. above them. Yeah, and they almost always play like a hawk. Yeah, you know, and that like, drives you nuts. You're like, yeah, well, I don't like this movie. Well, especially because <laughs> vultures don't even have a voice box. Right. For crying out loud. But yeah, so that's just a myth that gets played out in the Hollywood movies and stuff like that. But so let's just say they've had their nice dead meal, right? <laughs> and they're sitting up there and they're chilling. Yummy. They like to warm their body up. And so a lot of times they do that behavior that you're talking about, that hooding. Yeah. Okay. It's actually called the heraldic pose in vultures. And what they're doing is they're just that using sounds, them like shoulder panels. That sounds like a yoga pose. It does. <laughs> well, And you know what? I guarantee you there are probably some yoga places that do the heraldic pose and don't even know where it came from. And it's from a vulture, you know. And and if they do the hot yoga, you know, maybe they'll project off vomit when they're done with well, it. Well, there's that. Know, so. Yeah. But they do that pose to warm themselves up. Because a lot of times at night, they'll drop their body down like six degrees. They're almost hypothermic, so they got to warm up in the in the morning when they wake up. So a lot of times you'll see them like on billboards and stuff like that, and they'll just be doing that. They've got that nice wing spread and everything to help warm their body up and stuff. I mean, you've seen that numerous times like that. Yes. Uh, in some animals, it's called like with a um, like a great blue hair, and it takes it even to a different level. They fold their wings back almost like a solar panel. And it's called ovalisking, right? It's like an ovalisk, you know. You yeah. see, that's kind of kind of interesting little thing there too, but. Now, sometimes they do get too hot, and I know I, I, I just hate to keep harping on the fact that, that there's some disgusting behaviors, but as animals, it's just kind of interesting. You kind of adapt, and you, you do what you can do, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes they get a little too hot, and their legs don't have any feathers on them, and their legs get hot. You know how they cool down? Oh, I'm afraid to ask. Yeah, they, uh, they, they defecate down their legs. Right, so uh, <laughs> you know what story I'm thinking of. Yes, I do. I, I know exactly not, what you're thinking. We're not going to talk about. No, that. that's not a story we're going to share here. We got to maintain that clean rating. Yeah, um, we do. But but the so what they do is so they've got the uric acid and everything <laughs> like that. It evaporates on their legs and it cools their legs down because their legs have what's called countercurrent flow. The blood vessels all pass back and forth, going down the leg and back up pass very close to each other and they exchange heat so when they do that they actually cool their legs down and it cools their body down on top of it too so it's kind of kind of cooling the blood vessels and 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 wood storks do that too but when you see vultures i guarantee i'll point it out to you next time when you see vultures their legs look white and that's why but also interestingly enough because they use their little weak feet sometimes to paw at, you know, like the carcass and stuff, it also kind of helps sterilize their legs, too, and keep them from actually transmitting disease and bacteria with their feet and stuff from place to place. 
Interesting. Kind of cool, huh? Well, they're just know. like the whole package. Well, they are. So, so now I just kind of want to move away from the fact that we've talked about their disgusting behaviors, and let's talk about some endearing things about vultures, right? And the yeah. the endearing thing about them is, you remember we did that podcast on crows. Yes. And that was the one thing we talked about is how smart crows are. Yeah. A lot of people think that vultures are, are right on par with uh with the corvids. Oh wow. They're they're extremely intelligent. Not only are they intelligent, they're also sociable. Ooh. I mean they so so these guys have been known and when they're in rehabilitation or they're the they're kept because they can't be released into the wild. Mm-hmm. They have to engage them because they're so smart. They have to engage them with toys and things like that. Uh, so they stay sharp, or if not, they'll you know they'll develop those neurotic behaviors, of course, that you see in animals that right. aren't engaged. But the cool thing is also some of these non uh, these rehabilitated birds that can't be released. Well, a lot of times trainers will work with them, just like hawks. Now, you remember going to the Renaissance Festival? That's my other favorite story. Yeah, yeah. So so tell tell us about that. What that bird did because that is just to me. You know, you think of raptor shows and you think of hawks and owls and stuff, but you rarely see somebody break out a, a vulture. So, so tell us that because I love that. So yeah, every every fall, the Carolina Renaissance Festival comes up to North Charlotte, yes, North of that's Charlotte. Right. Yep, yep. And they have a great falconry show. Yeah, what's the name of that company? It's Wildlife Revealed. Wild, Wildlife Revealed, yeah. They yeah. do a great job with education. They make it educational and entertaining. Yeah, and they have a lot of really great birds, but one of my favorites <laughs> is Ziggy. Ziggy, inappropriately enough, what is Ziggy? Ziggy is a vulture. She is. What kind of vulture do they remember? She's black vulture. Yeah, she think? sure is. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah. And you normally and don't she... think of raptor shows as having <laughs> having a vulture, but... She's awesome. She is awesome. And she she does not care what the trainer is nope. asking her to do. She just cares about finding turkey legs tucked up under the yes. seats. Because they, they sell the turkey, the smoked turkey legs there. And it's her and, favorite. And she knows how to run underneath the benches between people's legs yeah, and stuff like does. that. And she does not listen to him to save her life. But she is so funny and comical. But he finally gets her back. And gets her to hop back in, but the, yes, he, he, does. he does. I think the thing that gets me about it is she's comical and funny and everything. He does such a great job of showing vultures for more than just being a carrying eater. He talks about yes. how smart they are and stuff. And man, that's an that's an awesome job they do. Yeah. And Ziggy's just she's so Ziggy's sweet. Ziggy's adorable. Yeah, she is. That's that's awesome. I I had forgotten about that Renaissance Festival, and it's coming up again. It is. So It'll I be can't starting up. That. I think the end of September through November this year. So we'll have to get our tickets, and we always enjoy hanging out there for the day. Well, we do, and we a lot of time we we get a chance to take other folks with us and stuff. Yeah. But, so so that kind of brings me to that, you know, because I I did want to concentrate a little bit more on the endearing fact, like I said. Um, and, and Ziggy proves it. They're, they're pretty intelligent. Like I said, they're on par with crows, but they have been known to actually form bonds with their keepers. And they've also been known to actually kind of almost show care and affection for their keepers. Oh, wow. So they're actually very smart. Uh, and they learn. So when people try to scare, like people try to get vultures off their house, like we have, yeah, it's very difficult because they're so smart. Normal techniques don't don't scare them off. Noises and things like that don't scare them at all. 
But they also have facial recognition, so they recognize people. So it's a very good chance that those vultures that sit on top of our house, they recognize us and they know us. And they know when somebody else is coming and it's not us. So they can recognize us from that. Yeah, because they got to the point where we'd come home or come outside or something like that, and they'd just kind of look at us like, hey. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't, wouldn't bother fly at all. Off and then they would just kind of floop, floop, floop on top of the house. <laughs> yeah. and, and and I think what's really funny for me is just the fact that they, they do have personalities, and you talk with their trainers and stuff. So they're, they're affectionate. They're not scared of humans. They're smart. I mean, it's a fantastic bird, and so I think we have to kind of, overlook actually the fact that they eat the dead and decay and stuff but they form a great service in the environment yes they do but hey you know what i mean i think they're amazing i hope people will look at vultures uh and that like donna does through donna's eyes because yeah. she really enjoys vultures and is really excited about vultures and i hope she she maybe learned a couple things from the podcast that maybe she didn't know about vultures yeah so is there anything else to share you got any other stories about vultures those are my two faves you 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 Got the good one with them kind of hanging out at the house, and I shared ones with them vomiting in cars and stuff. I think I probably got got the low end of that bargain, but that's right. That's been my experiences, though, you know. Exactly. But and I if did, you've had an experience or a run in with a vulture, yeah, check uh check out the Facebook page and, yeah, and tell us about your us. story. Yeah, share yeah. your story with us. You know they they're not a threatening bird. Uh, they're they're slow flyers because they don't have to be fast uh, when they fly, but I. I mean, can you imagine being able to smell something, you know, for like three to four miles away? Uh, it's just the dynamics of them. And and every time I see them, I've, I've actually got a um, a friend that worked with me at a previous job. And she left that job to actually go and study black vultures. And she's extremely enthusiastic about her work. And when you talk to people that work with vultures in a rehab situation or a study, they glow about these birds because they are, they, they are very affectionate birds. So... I'm glad that Donna chose that. that was a great topic for our for our podcast. Yeah, think, thank so. you, Donna. Good job, Donna. So yeah, now you're gonna come up with another one for us for next time. So uh so you got anything else? I think that's it for you me. I think that's it. All right. Well that's good. That's gonna do it for our podcast this time and talking about vultures and here in the heat of the summer and we hope you enjoyed it. But when we come to the end of our uh, of our podcast, what does that mean? It's teaser time. It is teaser time. So I think I have I think I have a good teaser tip. Oh, teaser. For, yeah, yeah. So we often call this critter <laughs> a possum on the half shell. Yes, we sure do. And it's interesting we saw these critters, these very interesting critters, all around the low country. And I remember being down there and saying, you know what, it's only a matter of time before we start seeing them up here in Chester and in the Piedmont and stuff like that. And lo and behold, we're starting to see them. Lo and behold, we've seen two dead on the road in the last week. (laughs) Yes, we have. So that's probably a very good hint. I'm sure a lot of you guys can pretty much kind of guess what we're going to be talking about. And I bet there were vultures that came and ate them. They probably did because they like possum on the half shell too. And like I said, guys, just remember, you know, if you want to see the topic of our podcast, these beautiful turkey vultures, you got to get outside, you know, and go walking on on the the wild wild side. side.